2: Hey everyone Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo what's happening Rush Nation and welcome to Five Yard Rush. First of all I would like to apologize for last week having no show whatsoever the Dynasty crew were doing a bit of a reset and I wasn't aware that Murph wasn't going to be well enough to do his show until the end of the week because we were really trying to get it done and by the time we'd realized that we couldn't get it done there wasn't enough time for me to prep because I was going on holiday at the end of the week so I want to apologize first off for there not being a show last week second of all I'd like to wish Murph well he's feeling a little bit under the weather at the moment if you're watching on the video show you will see that Murph is not joining me but somebody else is so I'm sure you'd all like to wish Murph well and and hope he gets back to some resemblance of full fitness very, very soon. Next point of order. If you'd like to support the podcast, head over to patreon.com slash 5yardrush. Head over there. There are some ranks. Uh, ranks. That's because today's show is about creating rankings. There are some tiers that we use over there so you can support in different ways. You get different perks and stuff for being a Patreon. Follow the podcast on Twitter at 5 now, today's podcast is going to be hugely, hugely visual, which I know if you were listening audio-wise does not help one tiny little bit, but today is about creating rankings, and in order to do that, I thought, who do I know is an Excel wizard, somebody who enjoys creating rankings because it was there to help me when I went through my rankings procedure way back when, several years now. Murph isn't here. Let's bring in... The Wizard of Excel that is the Fast Action Friday host is Five Yard Rob. Rob, if you just want to know him as as a, as a name, not at Five Yard Rob. He's the lead editor of Redraft over at Five Yard Rush. And as I said, Excel Wizard. Rob, welcome to the flagship, my friend. Today is a show all about rankings, and I couldn't think of anybody else better to help me through this process.
1: Yeah, absolutely happy to help um i think you might be getting sick of me like dropping in some rankings in in some of our other chats as well so perhaps we can use my power for good rather than uh for, for evil <laughs> um yeah um yeah happy to come in and, and jump in like this this is something that i've been trying to tweak for a long time um and i i feel as well i'm i'm at a certain stage in my developments of how i come up with rankings so you know there's there's still a long way to go a long journey to go so if i can help you see where i am and then perhaps we can encourage other people to put together rankings for themselves
2: yeah so like i said today's show is going to be hugely visual rob's going to be sharing his rankings model and projection sheet and stuff like that on the screen so do head over to youtube do watch this video because it will be much more informative we'll try and make it as best we can for audio but once again head over to the youtube five yard rush hit the like Hit the bell so you get the notifications for when we go live. But most importantly, this show will make a whole lot more sense if you go over to the YouTube and watch it there. Rob, I suppose we should start with why did you want to get into doing your own rankings? Because it's very easy to plug into Google fancy football rankings. Uh, maybe you subscribe to a website here or a website there. They have their own rankings. Why did you start doing your own rankings rather than you know, choosing someone to follow? Was it Was it a case of you wanted to just see if you perhaps had a, not better, but a different way of going about it or you just wanted to blow stuff up and create an Excel spreadsheet?
1: Well, I do love the spreadsheets. Um, so that might've been a reason for it. Um, no, I always wondered, like when people came out with the rankings, I always wondered what their process was um, because if, you know, if everyone had the same process, all the rankings would be the same and, and it, there's there must be, some kind of divergence somewhere along the line where someone looks at one thing and another analyst looks at something else so i thought i'm gonna do a little bit of digging see what i can come up with and um there was um a program from kyle yates i believe it was a ranking system that was recommended to me as well uh which was a really good basis and i thought maybe there's some other things here that i can develop as well um so i've kind of taken that as a template added things on bolt it on a bit like you know frankenstein's monster and <laughs> something absolutely crazy um so yeah it, it was just to start off with a with an interest and it's t- it's turned into something far bigger than that
2: so I, I i like i mentioned a couple of years ago i started using kyle yates's projection uh rankings i guess what do we call it model is it a model is it a it's a google sheets i suppose it works on excel as well but i use it on google sheets and it is essentially a list of teams where you input the players and then there's a whole load of code in there which i don't understand thankfully kyle created it it works out you put in attempts rushes catches that sort of thing target percentage and then it uses the code that he's put in it spits out fantasy points for the season Um, and then you can do it weekly as well. You can break down, you can change the numbers in it to, so then I thought Rob's pretty good at this sort of stuff and you jumped on and helped me do my initial rankings and we walked through each team and what we thought was who was going to get what and attempts and all of that business. And we, and it spat out my rankings. And then from there, I'm assuming it is a very, I've seen it, it is a very different thing to what I saw a couple of years ago um, and if you I think if you were to you know very kindly you did say it was Kyle Yates's base base model but if you were to you could claim it as yours because it is so different now as to what it started as and from what I've seen it looks not only easier to use but much more intuitive and I you know from that base model what have you tweaked from then to now and I suppose in that question second up what do you think are the categories that matter and you've increased or decreased in the model for fantasy football because we all know that certain categories do affect fantasy football but then mm. other people weight different categories like you said if everybody used exactly the same things everybody's ranks would be different so what have you added to yours or taken away or what categories do you think is important for your fantasy rankings
1: that's a good question and uh, i think from from that base model what what has changed is that i have adjusted the number of players available at each position because as we've seen in the past few years there's there's only really three or four tight ends who could it would really make a difference in, in any kind of fancy ranking so the base model started out with four or five tight ends available for you to pick for each team and i've reduced that down to three and that that is primarily because if it it looks a bit silly if you've only got one there yeah um and you know the Different teams do use more than one tight end. Um, but in terms of the fancy relevance of all three, it's it's very, very, uh, very, very rare that you get all three used. So we've reduced the santa to three. Um, we've still got four running backs in there, we've still got five or six wide receivers available. Um and something that has changed for me um base compared to the base model is that we now see rookie quarterbacks coming in and taking a percentage of the snaps particularly you know towards later on when they want to try someone new so there is now a mode for you to be able to select what you think the percentage of the the passing attempts are going to be um for like a rookie coming rookie quarterback coming in compared with the veteran that's already there um so you, you can put in a number of rush attempts or a number of pass attempts and it will break it down based on those percentages for the for the quarterbacks as well and we'll be able to see that in a bit a bit as well um something else that uh, i've changed in this model um is i've added in the ability to add custom points you know with a lot of these different tournaments you know Scottish ball we've got our very own ffcc as well which uh, i believe uh, is is coming together in some of the forming of the the, uh, the stages as well which is really exciting um everyone's got their own different point schemes so there's now the ability to put in custom scoring and you can you know, put in what the scoring is for a tournament that's coming up and you can get the rankings for that. And then you can work down the draft board, you know, when your draft's going on and say, right, that quarterback's gone, right, I can cancel him off. And you can see what are the next best players coming up uh, based on your models for your um, competition rankings.
2: And I I think that's really important because what we see with fantasy football year in, year out is, you know, you go back five years, it was basically standard, two running back, two wide receiver. If your league was a bit funky, maybe it was PPR. Mm-hmm. Superflex wasn't even a thing. No. Then PPR became a thing, and it was like, well, these receivers are catching the ball. They should they should get an extra point. And then we saw the birth of Superflex into the mainstream, where people were saying, well, there's only 12 teams in my fantasy league, and yet there's 32 quarterbacks. Quarterbacks don't matter. Let's make them matter. Let's mm-hmm. now have it to 24. And then you're at a disadvantage if you don't have three because it's Superflex, it's 12 team. And then we've got tight end premium. And I think it is now, especially in home leagues that are established, scoring settings are changing to try and make it a bit unique. Because when you jump into a random league on Sleeper, like on Facebook, if somebody says, well, I've got a team here, that need, a league that needs a team, you jump in or I'm setting up a a, a redraft for this year it's mm-hmm. a standard ppr two running back maybe three wide receivers two flex super flex if it's saucy but it's pretty stand. whereas home leagues now are diversifying i think quite a lot you know you and i are in a different league together a home league together in the league scoring that is absolutely bananas i've talked about it for the last few <laughs> weeks on on here where the running backs are valued you know running back 13 14 is even more expensive than the wide receiver one or wide mm-hmm. receiver two so I think that having that in your model is superb because if you are a serious fantasy player or even trying to get into playing a little bit more serious and you can't go into Google and you can't go to fantasy pros and it will just be PPR. Whereas, if you can plug them into this and say, well, actually, this guy's worth a lot more in my league here. Mm-hmm. Or if you are new to the Scott Fish Bowl or any of the, the competitions that are now, you know, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of charity tournaments and, and they've all got their variances. You know, they've all followed the Scott Fish Bowl, really, and having a unique scoring system year in, can, year out, sorry. So to be able to tweak that is massive, I think, in a rankings model. Even if you don't want to do the rankings yourself and you want to copy other people's projections. But then use this for your scoring for your league. I think that in its own is standalone. So it, it, it's massive. Um, before we, before we do bring it up on the screen, Rob, it, is there anything else you want to talk about? You know that how you got to increasing the the scale of the monster that you've created, rather than just being a an annual rankings thing where you plug it in preseason. Because we're in that point now where you know the draft's done, rookie drafts are either done being done or coming up because people can't wait for preseason for some reason for their rookie drafts. we're getting to that lull now where fantasy football is it's rankings you know we're, we're getting into the projections now with we're, we're seeing how otas get on we're seeing what we think is going to break down going into summer and this is where people start to build their rankings process so is there anything else that you've added to this rather than just being an annual thing that you do now is there anything that you've added that possibly you could use in season? Is there a weekly option for scoring? Have you, you know, have you added opponents or schedules or anything like that that makes it even more in depth?
1: Absolutely, um, and <laughs> this is this is something that was was um, worrying for me last time is that you could you could set a yearly model and then you could just leave it and then you know instantly the person you had as your wide receiver five or six could just get injured for the season. You know, we saw Cooper Cup go out very very. Uh, disappointingly for a lot of the people who drafted me very highly um so what I have done for this new model is I have done a schedule running for each team for each week um and you have the you have the ability to create a copy reset everything on it and then use it as a, a weekly model and one of the nice features about this and one that I definitely think you'll agree will save a lot of time. Is i have i have created a database of over a thousand players including the 2023 rookies so you can take out a player from that rankings screen type in the new rookie that you want to add in and it'll appear instantly with their you know their yards per reception yards per carry you know if it was a quarterback it would have potentially even the sack rate in there for custom scoring um so there's, there's a lot of flexibility for being able to turn it into a weekly model as well
2: excellent and and have you added the schedule in there for players who they're going to be facing throughout the season? Is that, is that in there?
1: Uh, do you mean like the teams that they're facing? Yeah. Yes. Including the bye weeks as well. So you'll know that if there's the, it says week one, they're playing this team, week two, they're at this team, week three, the versus this team. So you can look down the side of the team's list and say, right, we're at, if we're on week five, this is who they're playing. You go to the, like the next team, week five, who they're playing. And then you can see, right, this is going to be a tough team. I may give them more um, passing attempts and rushing because they're going to be behind early on, in my opinion. So then you can start, you know, sharing them out that way. It also gives you a percentage of, you know, the number of passes you give into each position unit as well. So if you've got a team that are very he- heavily favoring passing to the uh, the running back on, you know, on uh, drop backs, then then you can equate that in as well.
2: Rob, I think it's time for us to show the world the monster you created. <laughs> if you are listening on the podcast, we're 15 minutes in. This is where it's going to get visual. So I do recommend heading over to YouTube and watching from there because it's going to get pretty exciting pretty quick. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is phenomenal, Rob. I'm not going to lie. It's, it has moved on significantly since I've last seen it. So I'm excited to dig in with you as we go through this to try and explain to people you know, why they should perhaps consider starting their own rankings and what we get from ranking ourselves as opposed to following generic stuff online so if you would be so kind Rob let's throw it up on the screen for those watching at home
1: absolutely do we do we want the uh, the ranking system straight away or do you want to start with some of the, the the data that I might have a look at to try and work out those you know passing attempts and rushing attempts
2: well I think I think maybe if we use the ranking model on the screen we can then talk about some of the data you've used because I I think that would probably be quite visually uh, disabling for people's eyes if they don't know (laughs) what they're looking
1: at well this is this is quite a treat to start with isn't it so yeah we'll share the front page of the ranking system
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so here we go it's it's now on the screen and as I said it's completely different from anything that I've seen from what it was before so Rob for those at home would you like to talk through what we're currently looking at
1: so this is the front page of the rank and projection and ranking system. And b- before, whether it was just like the slide bar at the bottom, now we've got a selection of uh, click buttons that you can click on to go to any of these teams on here. And then you've also got the option to go to quarterback ranks, running back ranks, wide receiver ranks, end ranks, and then the overall ranking system as well. And then you've got this big scary red button over here that says reset, <laughs> which will delete all my rankings. So I'm not going to press that just yet. <laughs> Uh, we've also got the scoring systems button here as well, so that that's where you can change the standard scoring um, for your, you know, your standard, your um, PPR scoring, your Titan Premium scoring, and then you've also got the custom scoring options on there as well.
2: And these these are all live buttons, aren't they? They're not just oh yeah yeah. They're not just cells that have been nicely coloured. They all they all do stuff.
1: So uh, I'm afraid to click on one now because uh, you know if it doesn't work, I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> so let's click on Baltimore. Hey, there we go. Welles's. Look yeah. at this. So I can see you've got the schedule on the on the left hand side, um, and I've got the passing target projections, which is five hundred and forty for the whole season, and the rushing attempts, which is five hundred for the whole season. Now, that passing targets projection is actually a one hundred around hundred more than what they had last season, simply because of the change in offensive coordinator. So I've I've already adjusted that based upon um, the change in coaching. Okay,
2: so whilst we're on Baltimore, and you said there's a hundred more there, how do we? How did you? So I say we. I've had absolutely nothing to do with it. Also, either I'm just going to use it soon to create my own rankings for the season. Um, Rob, how do you, you know, decide on these initial team numbers? Obviously, Greg Roman's gone. Mm-hmm. What, what have you got that's given them a hundred more t- um passing targets? Sorry, you know, is that? you just deciding on previous history or have you averaged out where where have you got 540 from compared to 440
1: so again this is this is probably a little bit sad as well passionate it's passionate it's not sad it's passionate
0: um
1: so i have looked at every single team's head coach and every single team's offensive coordinator and then i've looked at their history in any season that they've been a head coach or an offensive coordinator because those are the two positions that are likely to do play calling likely to come up with you know Target shares who and you know the run of the game scripts so um we've gone back through um John Harbaugh's uh, history and we've gone back to Greg Roman's history as well um he's he's gone now so we don't have to worry about his as much but we we do have to consider the new offensive coordinators uh play history as well and what we have seen is that he does pass the ball a lot more than Greg Roman so you you, you look at his average over the last five years over the last three years and then you create a number from from that combined with john Harbaugh um numbers as well and 540 is roughly what i've produced i've also looked at the schedule as well so based on last year and the year before they both got uh, baltimore got eight and nine in both seasons but the rushing and the passing numbers were, were very different in, uh, and they still end up with the same you know, record this year. Their schedule look, does look a lot kinder than it did uh, last year. And if we expect Lamar to stick around, I also feel there's going to be a bump up in numbers there as well. So that's what I've I've baked in to this uh, this prediction as well. So it's not only with the coaches, but it's also based on schedule as well. I
2: think looking at this now. Rob, on the screen, I'll, I'll try and explain it for the people at home who are listening audio wise. We've got Baltimore up on the screen. So, as Rob said, you know, he, there's the rushing yards, yards per reception, team yards per carry. They're not on the right hand side of that. You've got your sections for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Um, and on the right of that, you've got scoring, which gives you your points per standard half and PPR. Uh, the rest of it, if you want to tweak it with, I'm assuming, being the scoring's tab back on the home screen. I think, Rob, this is a good opportunity if you want to do this right now. Mm-hmm. I look through the wide receivers here and I don't see Odell Beckham Jr. on the list of the Baltimore wide receivers. Okay, dokie. Okay. So why don't we add him in, and we can show people how the model actually works live on the screen, rather Absolutely. than trying to, you know, describe it through clicking and not clicking.
1: So let's let's just check to make sure that Odell Beckham is in our play data first. Otherwise, we're we'll be typing him. Be, it's,
2: it's OBJ. Let's
1: have a look. We're going all the way down. We're going all the way down to Odell. And Beckham's.
2: I'm assuming, Rob, as you're scrolling, you could Control F this and search for OBJ.
1: There he is. So he is here we have got him so then we can go quickly back to Baltimore and who would you like to take out uh, I guess
2: my, I'm assuming Mike Thomas or Dante deem whoever that is <laughs>
1: Dante Demas, yeah right let's take Mike Thomas out so, so if, if you
2: just type Odell it will come up yeah that's that is unbelievable there
1: yeah and what we'll do it will change his uh, projections as well so the odds will have will have moved around so targets wise are we saying so ha- the same for 13 or are we going to move some of these targets around
2: so that was going to be my initial quick next question is do you still have to put the targets you think or do you put in the target percentage and then does it auto fill the targets that way so if you think um yes if you we think- have to put the targets in Oh, okay. So you don't put, you don't think Odile Beckham's going to get 25% of the target share, therefore he'll get X amount of targets and and adjust everybody else?
1: Yeah, so you work on the targets and that will give you the, the percentage of the targets that will, will come out of that as well.
2: Right, okay. I didn't know whether it was going to adjust everybody else. If you put in all you had to do then was put in the target percentage you thought that player was going to receive and then it would mm-hmm. tweak everybody else, that, that would... Yeah. Okay. Um, oh man, this is straight off the cuff, we're off the bat. This is a difficult <laughs> thing to, you know, do. We think Beckham's going to be the most targeted receiver. I'm not sure he is. I, no. I seem to think when he was with the Rams, he was getting maybe seven or eight a game. If that, are we expecting him to play a full season? Probably not. No. I think we're looking at about. 65 to 70 targets for obj probably i don't know what do you think
1: yeah i reckon that's probably right like similar amount to what i predicted Dayflower to get um i think odell yeah, is so odell a more attractive option he's a he's a red zone target isn't he, he
2: he's
1: is. a he's a he good option there so let's say we filter in. uh let's take some off nelson aglaw there we go and that gives us 30 up here so we can add that on to here 43 which is, like which is what's good,
2: good. What's good about this model, guys, is if you're not watching is when you it because there are passing targets projected of 540, when you spread that throughout the, the team, it tells you how many are remaining. So we removed some off of Nelson Aguilar and it told us we had 30 left remaining after Odell Beckham's what we thought. So Rob's now changed Nelson Aguilar down to 17 and he's tweaking it uh, as I speak to you, which makes it very difficult, Rob, to describe to those people at home. But we've got, we've currently got now Beckham at sixty-eight, Zay Flowers at fifty-three, um, Devin Duvernay at fifty-five, which I think may be slightly higher, and Rashad Bateman taking one hundred and five. Considering he's now back at OTAs and apparently running full route trees and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, so we've now got Beckham with sixty-eight targets, uh, forty-three receptions. Does that comp- Does that bring in his? Um, what does that bring in for Beckham when you brought him into the list, Rob? Does it bring in his catch percentage from the past or is it based on what you think his target percentage is going to be?
1: So it's based upon a, an average of his yards per reception and then the receptions are based upon the... Now, this is this is probably where it's a bit controversial because it's based upon the quarterback's average completion rate for the last three years if they've played three years.
2: Okay. Because that would mean any Indianapolis Colts in a whole world of trouble with Richardson's.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Excellent. Okay. I mean, you say controversial. Everybody has to have a take, and it, not a take, mm-hmm. but everybody has to have a way of working out the madness. You know, it's otherwise you're just sticking pictures on the wall and throwing darts at them. Absolutely. So it, it, there has to be some form sort of baseline for you to work your model off of. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we're just stabbing in the dark, essentially, aren't we?
1: Yes, and in the past, this this model has been based upon each player's individual catch percentage. Um, however, for the ease of the model, it is just based upon one player's average passing completion rather than fifteen individual um, catch percentages. Because because what that is also could also be based on is a team a player moving from a team to team, and they could be operating with a different quarterback last season compared to this one. And that quarterback might not be as accurate. So I'm um, basing it upon their current quarterback is probably a better way of looking at it rather than basing on quarterbacks that they have played in in the past.
2: Yeah, no, that's completely fair. I mean, and we might see this year that Lamar Jackson's numbers completely change with a new OC. We could see, you know, yards per attempt increase or yeah. amount of deep targets increase and, and that will change the model for next year. But uh, like I said, there has to be a baseline and that's for you to create this. That's what works for you, which is why I think this is You know, great, because it's it's also not dispelling the myth, but it's creating a visual and terrible audio for those not looking at YouTube right now, (laughs) for those, you know, for for something to build off of. Mm -hmm. So Odell Beckham's in there, 572 receiving yards, receiving touchdowns of zero. Is that something you need to tweak as well, Rob, based on how many touchdowns we think he's going to get? And then we have to take off of... Other people's receiving targets, uh, touchdown. Sorry. Hmm.
1: Well, it, it it depends because if Odell Beckham is going to provide, you know, a red zone option for Lamar, which you know he has been used for in the past, then perhaps we will end up increasing Lamar's number of touchdowns, which he's currently on twenty five touchdowns with twelve interceptions, which is again very similar to what his output has been in the past. But then that is based upon. The old schemes where it's it's more of a running based offense rather than a passing one. So I'm happy to add an Odell's touchdowns here um, as a regular option. So I was ju-
2: I was just going to say based on the 100 pass attempts more that's nearly 20% pass attempts more. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to work out how many pass attempts Lamar has in the red zone, and mm-hmm. then work out what. I don't know where I'm trying to go with this, but obviously I think if you're throwing 20%, nearly 20% more, you're going to be throwing more in the red zone. Therefore, will you get 20% more touchdowns from what you got in the red zone last year? I I don't know. I'm just trying to work out in my head what we think Beckham could... You know, if he's getting... I, I don't know what his touchdown percentage off of catches is, but let's say... You know, off of 43 receptions, it's not unfeasible. I don't think for him to have a 10% touchdown rate if he's a red zone target. So for him to get four touchdowns, that increases. Where are we now at the the amount of touchdowns? What do we think? Passing 25. So, you know, 10% is two and a half. 20% if you if you increase the 20% passing touchdown rate because you've you've worked that out over the last few years, adding four. Touchdown receptions for Odell Beckham is around twenty percent increase in, on on his passing touchdowns. So, if we think he is going to pass twenty percent more, it, it it might well be three because obviously his, you know, he's not going to complete one hundred percent of those extra twenty percent of passes. True, true. But if 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 he does complete seventy five of those percent of oh, sorry seventy five percentage of those passes to Odell in the end zone, mm-hmm. then I think the the range of outcomes between three and four touchdowns isn't unreasonable.
1: Yeah, and because he is I think because he will be one of the go to targets there, I'm I'm happy to go with the upper end and say say it would be four. So let's put four in and that will produce seventeen and the uh, the sheet is now saying that Lamar has got twenty nine passing touchdowns and twelve interceptions. So uh I, I feel that could be, you know, fairly realistic for, for that change in in the scheme.
2: Is is the interceptions based on his previous years Uh, touchdown to interception ratio Rob
1: it should be but it's just a number at the moment um it it is based upon an average but there's no actual uh, formula to to produce that interception number that is purely looking at the past three or four years and giving that average number of 12.
2: So should we do you think along those lines we should then perhaps potentially increase it by However, what his percentage of touchdowns to interceptions is for an extra 20% passing or 17% pass attempts. Does that make yeah. sense?
1: So I, I, I think like 14, 13, 14 would probably work out with that as well, especially if the number of passes goes up, the number of interceptions. Theoretically, yeah. should go up as well because it's in the air more, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and I, I'm assuming that he's going to be more aggressive downfield as well with the pass mm-hmm. attempts. So therefore... I think he he's playing. I I think fourteen's not an unreasonable number to to assume <laughs> yeah. that Lamar uh... throws. And this and this Rob is why I wanted to have this podcast chat because mm-hmm. we're talking through the rankings procedures like we did years ago. It, we sat down. I think it was over three nights. We spent four hours every night going through the rankings, talking mm-hmm. about because I, I was confident to do it on my own but you know I, I like to run stuff past everybody in my entire life I'm not just one to so I, I figured well let's let's have this chat about rankings mm-hmm. because this is how you get into creating rankings you know you, you want to if you want to get into rankings but you're not sure why or not sure why sorry not sure how have a chat with someone about it use a sheet like this or this sheet and you you don't have to have it as gospel because you've got this sheet. It doesn't have to be, well, these are the rankings I have to use for my entire fantasy football. I, even for me, it helped me just to process my thoughts on fantasy football and, and gain a bit more knowledge around stats and around percentages and teams and stuff like that. And and what's good is, you know, you've got the players of on the teams here. You might not know that Keaton Mitchell is a running back for Baltimore, whereas... Once you open the sheet, you can see that, that there he is. And I think for me, I thought it was a good process for us to show the listeners, Rush Nation, how rankings, well, how you achieve your rankings, how I'm mm-hmm. going to help possibly do, probably do mine if I do them by using the sheet, which you've kindly sent me, because it is it's such a fantastic tool to try and work out. And if you do use it to work out, then you, like I said at the beginning, if your home league is crazy, you can plug the settings in the scoring in and then wham bam all of a sudden odell beckham no one thinks he's going to be drafted but if you get 25 points for a red zone touchdown which i know is pretty impossible (laughs) then odell beckham could be a sleeper that you know you want to play if it's a really deep league that's a out there wild wild thing to say but those things it can happen through spotting in differences in your rankings to other people's which is you know why we're here we're we're we don't want to be everybody reading the fantasy pros rankings. We want to be trying to find niches and, you know, crevices that we can exploit in, in our fantasy football leagues, really. I mean, it, it, it comes down to using data like this to create our own rankings, I suppose.
1: I think I think that's really important um that in that we, we have just had this discussion. We've we've talked through, you know, scenarios, you know, it's it's using the knowledge that we have in our heads, you know, and sometimes people are like, Well, how, how can I demonstrate this knowledge? And by putting it down on something like this, it not only um makes things clearer, but it keeps it from all all appear, like to be able to see it on the page does help make things really easy and organizing your thoughts and you know being able to produce those final rankings at the end with you know with the tiers which is an option on this one as well that that's something new that's added in as well it doesn't have to be you know I've got this player at quarterback one I've got this player at quarterback two you know there's the option of adding tiers in so you know that that does make things it does make a bit more generalized but it also doesn't you know commit you to putting a player atop that pedestal on it on their own
2: absolutely and i'm assuming rob we've we've been through the wide receiver and you know they've we've increased um you've increased sorry i keep saying we but you you've increased the passing attempts here at baltimore to 540 because greg roman's come in no greg roman's gone sorry otherwise you can reduce that back down 100. Um, how is that flipped with the rushing attempts projection and uh, and so forth like that do you have them with a higher number do you have them with a lower number and then also how do you split the carries again statistically are you using historical data to split the carries based on previous years
1: um partially based on previous years so um there's another another spreadsheet that I've, I've produced that's based upon place bits in the last two years and sometimes it is the same head coach sometimes it's not but um it's also breaking it down between the running back one the running back two and the running back three uh, in terms of carries I've also done it for targets as well. Um, but you know, you can see that with some teams there's a definite correlation between there being a uh, workhorse running back, and then the running back two and the running back three get significantly less carries. Um, however, in a case of Baltimore, like this, the running back one and the running back two are, are a lot closer together than some teams out there, which is why you can see Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins has got 195. Gus Edwards has got 105, which is not an insignificant number of carries for a running back too. Um, So it is taken into account that, yeah, different teams do use the personnel in different ways as well.
2: But not only that, you say that, 39% of the rushing attempts for J.K. Dobbins is... Considering teams don't use bell cows, I would say that 40% for the sake of 1% is a significant amount of carries when you've got Lamar, who is... Carrying the ball twenty four percent of the time, mm-hmm. you know that for thirty nine percent from J K. Dobbins. If that is a season long projection, and he ends up with uh, one hundred ninety four PPR points, would be very very happy with around four or five selection in your fantasy football draft. So, you know, people think maybe the gap isn't. I I've thought the gap would be closer than that between Dobbins and uh, Gus Edwards. Mm. So, and and again, visualizing it. Head over to YouTube if you're still listening to the audio version because you can see right in front of you, the data is right there. It it helps to mentally vomit it rather than, like you said, storing it in your head. Vomit it all out onto the screen. And then you Mm -hmm. can see, well, actually, maybe Dobbins is a bit of a value at the moment where he's being drafted.
1: Yeah, and equally, you might think, well, actually, looking at that, maybe Dobbins doesn't get that many carries. So that actually... Just reduce it down because, you know, in your head you've actually predicted Baltimore to get seven hundred rush attempts, which doesn't obviously doesn't work if they if they're going to raise their number of passing attempts. So, it just adds that level of realism, you know, and also gives you the flexibility to to move those numbers around.
2: Yeah, but we 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 may well see Baltimore run more plays per year. This year than they have done in previous because of the more aggressive offensive coaching um there's still no slouch on defense we know that baltimore have a pretty decent defense and if they start ramping it up on offense it could be more there could be more pass attempts well there's definitely going to be gonna more pass attempts and they could be less in the decreasing amount of rush attempts than we think maybe they're going to get more because of their being ahead because of the aggressive pass game it's And again, this is all baked into what we think, you know, you put your thoughts down into this and it spits out a number and whether it's completely right or completely wrong, you can look at it then and think, well, actually that looks very, very wrong. Or I'm happy with my process. That could be a a really good point that I could use in my draft to, to maybe sneak some value. So it is, Mm. I just, it's really good. You need to be seeing it. You really do need to see it. Um, Rob, (laughs) So so we've talked about splitting the touches. Are there any other factors we haven't talked about you consider when creating the numbers initially? So are there any things you think that should be used for the targets or the rush attempts that we haven't talked about?
1: Um, well, in terms, in terms of numbers, like, for example, for the rush attempts that do come up, um, you can have a look back through previous seasons and you can see, well, Baltimore actually had a significantly tougher schedule based on the teams who are facing and actually like I said this year it is going to be a nice schedule based upon the teams are playing I've actually got Baltimore's division insanely high in terms of their (laughs) records um I I think I've got them all coming out as positive positive records don't there's any team that ends up with less than eight wins you know they're doing very well based upon the you know the other divisions that they're going to be facing so when it comes to the conference games. That that is also something you've got to factor in as well is that they're going to be facing uh, three very tough teams in six games of the season. Um, you know, Cincinnati, no slouches whatsoever, certainly in in moving the ball and scoring. You've got Pittsburgh, who who actually fancied to do very well next season. I know Pittsy doesn't like me saying that because he thinks it's a big jinx, <laughs> um, but I actually think Pittsburgh are going to get. I think I've got them above ten wins, uh, but potentially even twelve and five this season which is which is wild and then you know cleveland i think i've got them not doing as well in the conference games but the other games that they're playing they do very well there as well that they've got quite a nice set of uh fixtures in the non-conference teams so that has also factored in like i've, I've looked at who, who are they playing and, and and even looked at the run of games as well like you, you look where baltimore's bye week is it's week 13 you, you know you, you've got to consider could they could they be out of the running by then? In my opinion, they won't be. So they, they'll need to keep, you know, using the players that they they rely on. And that has also factored into some other teams as well. So let's go back to
2: the start of your process in this ranking then. Did you create your season long records and then work off of that? Or is that a separate product that you've just created?
1: Uh, as in looking at what the yeah, so, for their season.
2: Yeah. Well, well, sort of, did you, obviously with their fixtures, you've then come up with a, a record for the season mm-hmm. and, and you say Baltimore's division is, is insanely high. Did you use those records before you then created this based on wins and losses and what you thought was going to happen? Or did you create this and the other thing separate? Are they, are they different entities or do they factor in?
1: They do factor in, in a way. Um, so something else that a lot of analysts do focus on and something that I decided to dabble in a little bit this time is is how many one score games each team won and how many fifteen point games each team had. So did they win by more than fifteen points or did they lose by more than fifteen points? And I think that that kind of scoreline there does show a difference in strengths between teams and the one score games, you know, where there was, you know, less than six points in it, I think there was there was one team in particular i'm trying to recall which one, i think it was maybe the colts the colts lost did a lot of uh, let me have a look on here i've got it on here so um i'll use i'll use las vegas as a good example so las vegas uh, had 13 one score games they lost 10 of them and won three um so that shows that that could have gone either way and that might have changed a game script depending on yeah. what had happened um Kansas City they they had 10 one score games they won 7 lost 3 but then they also had four 15 point gap games where they won all four <laughs> they were very you know, dominant they won all six conference games as well and i've predicted predicted them to do the same this year um so the, ordinarily, that might have an effect on what my ra- rankings do turn out like but obviously we know they've got Mahomes you know mahomes does like to pass the ball yeah so there's there's a lot of different things, so you can't you can't just take like their their scores and the predictions. You you've also got to think about the players that they've got as well, and that's a, ultimately that's that's what makes the, the difference with some teams as well. It's it's the it's the star quality. Not,
2: so let's talk some rookies then, Rob. Obviously, we were at that point in the season with your rookies, and you've if you would be so kind as to drag Arizona up just because no not Arizona Atlanta because that's where Bijan is he's obviously everybody's 101 with Bijan how did you get to his percentages and attempts and stuff like that where what, what did you base it on seeing as that we haven't seen him in the NFL
1: mm-hmm. primarily it's been based on like that where they've been picked you know if they've been picked very highly it's very clear that there's the a team I've picked them there for a reason otherwise that they may have moved down drafted may have gone for other other needs in the team i uh, i i have also looked at um arthur smith as well he's a very run heavy team uh coach yep. you know he, he as we've seen with Derek henry in, in the past you know he, he just loves to put those running backs and he just loves to run and run and run them uh, and what we've what we can see on the screen at the moment is that i've got B. John robinson with 220 rush attempts which is far more than dobbins um but we've also got Tyler Algier with 150 so again he's not he's not missing out either because I know that once Alfred Smith gets on the ground he will just keep plugging and plugging away um so it's very much based on need for some other rookies as well it's it's based upon who they've got at the position already so I don't know if if we can see in the screen at the moment we've got we've got Atlanta with the six wide receivers there's not a lot of big names there aside from Drake London so if they'd have brought in another wide receiver which um from, the, from looks like they did bring anyone in the draft uh, as a wide receiver you know there's there's not a whole lot there uh to stand in a, a rookie's way to make a name for themselves and you've got to, you've got to really consider that when it comes to putting these rankings in can, can they break into the team you know and have have they shown anything in the past in the college games because people do look at college college film and it's the, it's the path to getting those you know getting on the field is a big is a big part of giving them targets and giving them you know fantasy points at the end of the day.
2: Have you used any collegiate production in your ranking percentages and stuff, Rob?
1: There is some correlation. There is some. There's not a whole lot. Um,
2: No, that's, that's, that's absolutely fine. My only, this was going to be my segue on to seeing your tears. So for Anthony Richardson, obviously his pass percentage in college was abysmal. I'm assuming you haven't put that in as his pass percentage now.
1: No, it is probably slightly less. (laughs) I think I've got probably got him in about around 50% completion, which isn't, isn't great (laughs) compared to some of the other ones, to be honest. Um I think at the moment I've only got the three teams filled in Uh, but and I definitely know that Richardson's pass percentage would definitely affect the other teams like you said before the Indianapolis Colts receivers in terms yep. of their, their completions and their yards and their fantasy points
2: Okay interesting is there a chance we could see how the tiers work I know you've only got three teams plugged in so it's not going to be Absolutely. a true but it will show us how the tier procedure works with this sheet right?
1: So we will start with quarterback rankings.
2: Which so, is a tab on the bottom for those not watching.
1: Yeah. Um, you can go back to the main screen and do it that way. There, there is a way to go back to the main screen on, it, on, each, on each screen. But at the moment, as we can see on here, we have got uh quarterback one, Lamar Jackson, quarterback two, Kyler Murray. And these tiers here, these are based upon the differences in points between. So you can set the difference in points. So I think well, at the moment I think I've got maybe, maybe fifteen points between each tier, which is you know, r- around three passing touchdowns, you know, um right. based on quarterbacks. So yeah, it, it will break down Lamar Jackson is tier one, Kyle Murray is tier two, Desmond Ritter is three, Heineke far back is four at uh, four. <laughs> Cause he's gonna feature I think he's gonna feature a little bit um yeah. at Atlanta because you know they're not completely sold on Desmond Ritter just yet. You know, he may it may come in for like the odd odd point or two, uh, and then we look at the running back one. It's a bit clearer here, so as you can see, Bijon is is up at uh, number one in the standard tier. What's quite nice is that if I click on these buttons at the side here. So if I click to PPR, that will also change the tier on the side as well. And so now and... the PPR tier is still Bijon at the top.
2: Yeah. And when you say you can customize the difference in points between the tier is that something you can do in the sheet or is that something you've set and you can change Does
1: uh, that Yes make it sense? is So if you come to scoring settings at the bottom you can also so on here custom ranking tier point gap so you can change the gap in points so say for example if you set it to 7 on the running backs we will we'll, actually we will change it we'll change it to some we'll change it to 15 let's be crazy and then we we'll bring it back to here so there will be a change in some of these rankings now, in, the, in certainly in some of the tiers here uh, in column I. So, so you, would, can, would yeah, you, you, you can- Would you have change. to then
2: click on the custom tab for that to a tier,
1: Let's for look.
2: instance, just because I noticed that there was a custom tab. Yeah, so it has
1: changed a little bit. So yeah, the custom, the custom one is also taking into some some points in the custom scoring. Right. So uh, it, it is, yeah, it is based on those ones there. There we go. Right.
2: Okay. Yeah, that's cool. That works well. I just wondered, you know, if you if you had a... In your league, there was a, a big points differential between X and Y positions or, mm-hmm. you know, the the pass catches that get a lot of targets are rewarded highly, then they would incre- incrementally become a higher tier. So if mm-hmm. you could plug that in, the difference, you know, between... I don't know, between uh, the top 10 wide receivers, because they all clearly got targeted more, then you could see that the gap between tier one and two in your league was 15 points or, uh, you know, whatever it may be. You can plug that into there and then it will work out the tiers for for the...
1: We've also got the... So you you can actually add in points and targets in the custom scoring as well if you wanted to. So you've got the option there. Same with the receptions. There's even options for the tight end first down, receiving first downs, um, rushing first downs as well. So the passing first down, plenty plenty of different you know, ways to customise that custom scoring uh, and, you know, affect the tiers that you want to affect.
2: I see on the uh, quarterback rankings, Rob, you've got there is that. It says tier and then custom tier. Is that because it's quarterbacks? Whereas when you click on running backs, it just has tier. It doesn't have the custom tier column.
1: Ah, so, so what, what this is showing here, it's showing the tier for the point system and then the tier for the custom system. Whereas on the running back one, if I click... So it says PPR tier in, in that column at the moment. If I click on standard, it will produce a standard tier.
2: But that's still based on the... Is that based on the custom scoring that we just put into the model?
1: Uh, no, it is based upon each different score type. So the custom one, it will be based on... Yes, yeah, so the custom one is, is based on the custom tier. Right, OK.
2: No, that's cool. I was a bit confused between the quarterback one having two and this one only having one, but then uh, that's that's absolutely fine. I yeah. think, Rob, this is. this has been enlightening for me visually over the last 50 minutes if you are somehow listening to the audio podcast please do go over to youtube and check this out because i think this is what people whilst this is a terrifying prospect for somebody who has never ever done rankings before the standard procedure between four rankings is very very easy isn't it you know we it it can be as simple as Finding past projections for a team, writing how many pass projections that team has down and splitting down those between the players and, and working out, you know, what that works out of fantasy points at the end. It, it doesn't have to be, you know, scary because especially if you are new to Google Sheets or Excel and, you you know, there's a whole load of colours, there's a whole load of names, numbers and columns. Whereas actually, because of the work you've done on this sheet, it's incredibly easy and intuitive to use isn't it
1: but when we were talking about how long it would take us to do one team uh those about three years ago I think it took us a couple of hours Mm. didn't it just to just to type in just to find out what the yards for reception is I've tried to take as much of that work away as possible so that you can just simply type in the player that you want in the each position and it will give you you know, you just put in the targets and it will give you, like, your receptions, it'll give you yards. It's, it's just saving up so much time. It probably takes about, you know, with a little bit of thought, maybe between five to ten minutes to do one team. You know, you can produce an entire league's worth of rankings within an hour and a half, maybe even two hours. Um, and that's that's without any alterations. You know, you, you could have a set of rankings done in an evening, which is, you know, frank, frankly, a would be unheard of three years
2: ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it it, it it is, it is, you know, it, it's taken the words away from me as to what I think can be achieved with this. But I think it all, it all goes back to our initial conversation at the beginning of the pod, Rob, to where rankings are, I found them important for me to try and understand my leagues or to try and understand leagues in general As to what my thoughts, because that's what it is at the end of the day. It's it's not me, it's not my first thoughts versus your thoughts, but it is if you can somehow visualize and use your thoughts in fantasy football rather than just, you know, what, why is there, why are we expected as a community to just go over to your, I want to say Fantasy Pros. I'm not, I'm not hating on Fantasy Pros, but when you type in rankings, PPR rankings, because of Google algorithms, they're at the top along with a few others. You know, there's loads. Four for four are fantastic. Fantasy Pros. The list goes on and on and on. You know, Murph does his rankings, um, and I, I don't know whether do you publish yours or is it just for for your internal destruction of your brain, Rob.
1: I only publish them on our on our group chats. I don't want to put them anywhere else. I, I just I rel- relentlessly annoy you and Pitsy and uh, and Stormo and you know, everyone in that chat with with my predictions and rankings.
2: But it, yeah, I think it's I think it's fairly important for people to not you don't have to have a go. I'm not saying you won't be playing fantasy properly if you're not having a go. But I I found it incredibly useful to try and create some rankings just to try and see if I was differentiating my opinions from anybody else throughout the season. Because if you are in a standard league and your entire league is going over to fantasy pros and dragging their rankings, PPR rankings for your standard home league, and everybody's using the same cheat sheet, you might as well hit auto-draft because everybody's going to be, you know, well, they've gone, uh, they've gone, so I'll take them. you know. It, it, and whereas you're different, we always say zig, run your zag and stuff like that. Be water, as the ballers say. And that is completely true. You know, use your own rankings to try and create a, a pivot point in your league.
1: And separate, separate yourself as well. It will, it will separate you from from anyone else if, the, if they don't do it. Um, one, I think one important outcome that came for me from from using this system last year was I, whenever I was entering in a tournament, I would put in the custom scoring and i would just try and get the best best player that was available on the board it doesn't matter if they were like four or five spaces down the list or like 10 spaces down that you know the, the the drafting list um and i'd like to think that it was one of the reasons that i made it to the steve rain's Bowl final was because of some of the players that i'd picked and you know you know fair play to hannah she 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 took that title but um i was i was pleased to end up you know, being in the run. And I I think it did come down to me using this kind of model.
2: I think what I've learned from this, Rob, is that if you take fantasy football seriously and have a rankings model or some sort of procedure like you and Hannah do, then, you know, two five-year-old people in the Steve Raines finals, not not a terrible place to be. Mm -hmm. So it does show that and, and if nothing else, if you've got a take on a player and you think, well, Devon A-Chain's going to have an unbelievable season because of this one, X, Y, and Z, and I've put this into my model, rather than just saying, I think he's going to have a good season. You know, we've seen people get destroyed on Twitter for takes that they not necessarily don't need to be... Destroyed. Twitter shouldn't be a thing for destroying people in the first place. Let's get that out there. You know, it, it shouldn't be used for that. But mm-hmm. if you've got something to say, well, actually, I projected this team to have this and they're going to have this, and I think with the new OC, they're going to have this... Devin A chain and I know none of those things are appropriate to Devin A chain, but yeah. a player like JK Dobbins, for instance, I think he's gonna have a greater season than perhaps the rest of the fantasy community project, or he's gonna have a worse because of this and because of that. Mm-hmm. And it gives you something to stand on when you're having conversations. And I'm not saying all conversations lead to war zone on Twitter, but if you are in a league, which is have we got a, a fire chat where somebody takes a draft pick and be like, Oh, what are you doing? You absolute clown. But <laughs> You can then say, "Well, actually hang on, this is potentially an outcome or this could happen or this has happened the last few years when this guy was at the s team and he's moved to here now mm. it gives you some sort of backbone in a conversation I'm not saying an argument but in a conversation, and then doing that could enlighten the person you're talking to as to oh well, actually maybe and mm. you know and even even going back to the start of the pod Rob when I said to you. I really enjoyed when you and I just went through rankings working out X and Y. I think you I think you will agree in saying that I said something that you agreed with that hadn't thought of. And you said something that I agreed with. And of course, there were some things where I thought, well, actually, that's not going to happen. And you did the same. And you enlighten and enrich each other just through conversation about the rankings. And it's it's eternal, knowledgeable growth that I think I enjoy in fantasy football and doing rankings has helped me do that
1: yeah i i agree and and you know if 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 there's anything that sums up a fantasy football community by sharing these ideas and you know sharing your thoughts on on certain processes on certain teams and on certain players then you know that that's why it is a community you don't want to be at each other's throats and you know being able to have the confidence to to put this stuff down and say this is what i feel you know you are entitled to your opinion and this is this is how i produce my opinion then you know, I think the community can only become stronger by people having their own rankings and not ideas that have just been pulled out of out of thin air.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Substance behind the product, I think, is, absolutely. is key to this. Rob, this has been fantastic, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your, your ranking sheets and models. Why don't you, I mean, everybody at Five Yard already knows you from, <laughs> from the Fast Action Friday pod, but if we have new listeners or people who perhaps didn't listen to Fast Action Friday. Where can people find you in the World Wide Web and everywhere in between?
1: So I'm currently trying well, I'm trying my hardest to to take over the five yard social. So I'm I'm putting things out there every every few days about different teams and their projections and who we feel as the funny fantasy, fantasy breakout players are. Um, I don't know if we anyone's noticed, but you know, there's a little blue tick next to the five yard profile now. <laughs> you know, gotta gotta keep things moving, keep keep ourselves visual. So trying to trying to get that moving as much as we can five-yard um redraft team we are brewing ideas behind the scenes but um i think we're with such busy lives at the moment and, and movings and new jobs and you know um you know illness within families as well we're we, we just we're we trying to gather our thoughts together and produce something and we will be back strong i imagine um later on towards the season start uh, and then fast as Friday myself and Lewis and Pizzi, we're always we're always talking about you know things we can do we've already had um a an off-season show already but um yeah i we, we want to bring back the, the the season show and you know get those um those little segments up uh, and again there's another there's another spreadsheet that i produce that will help me do that as well you know <laughs> can't help myself cannot help myself
2: some of the uh some of the spreadsheets i've seen rob that you've just had on your desktop as we've shared stuff over there <laughs> yeah. it's just the amount of colours and boxes for somebody who's colorblind is not easy, but I think <laughs> just somebody who isn't visually impaired, it would just it is mind-boggling. So how you 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 do all that is absolutely fantastic. And I I, I doff my cap to you, sir. Again, if you're <laughs> you watching, much. if you're watching on the video, you will have seen me do that. And if you're still listening on the audio, <laughs> I hope this wasn't too bad a listen without the visual aid of Rob's rankings. If you have any questions or queries about rankings, please do get in touch on twitter at five yard rob or at five yard brush you know both accounts are more than happy to have a rankings conversation with anybody Mm -hmm. again if you do fancy heading over to patreon support the podcast head over there please like and subscribe on the youtube it really does help us get out there follow us on twitter retweets are appreciated but rush nation until next week as always don't forget keep rushing